0: Pets Aloud, brought to you by the Lost Dogs Home on JOY
1: 94.9. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Pets Aloud, JOY's very own show about pets, brought to you by the Lost Dogs Home. Thanks to the Checkpoint team for keeping us updated on all the goings-on in the gaming world. I'm Emmanuel, and I'll be keeping you company until 5pm today, but I'm not alone. Joining me in the studio from the Lost Dogs Home is Kate Holter, General Manager of Fundraising and Communications. Welcome back, Kate.
2: Thanks, Manuel. It's good to be back. Good to be in the studio with you. This is the first Thank time you. I think we've worked together pretty much as the two of us.
1: I think so. Yeah.
2: yeah. I'd like to say it's been a big week for me. One of my fosters went uh, home uh, with her new family um, yesterday so oh, that's oh, great so that was pretty amazing
1: how's, how's it going in the new home
2: well I'm waiting to hear we've passed on we've sw- you know, swapped email addresses so hopefully I'll have a photo and an update soon but uh, she's been in foster care with me and then behavior rehabilitation at the home um, so I think she's been a work in progress since uh, October last year so it's,
1: it's a long time yeah
2: it is a long time but, uh, wow uh, yeah
1: and you've been fostering for a long time haven't you I
2: have yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of animals. couple of years I think she was my seventh dog so wow. yeah so
1: there's
2: there's lots of things happening at the home but there's also lots of things happening Happening in April, that we want to talk about um, on today's show. So, this edition of Petzalat is very much a bit of a, a mixed bag, which is, is always fun. First and foremost, this Monday, of course, is Anzac Day, a national day of remembrance to commemorate the Australians and New Zealanders who served and died in all wars, conflicts, and peacekeeping operations. Often, when we talk about war, conversation is centred on the human experience. Many different types of animals, though, have also been involved in war and they play a variety of vital roles. Today, we're going to take a closer look at the involvement of of animals
1: in war. Most animals that went off to war unfortunately never returned because they either perished or were not able to return to Australia due to quarantine restrictions. We are of course by no means glorifying this but we want to take a closer look at why these animals are involved in war and it's also important to acknowledge the contribution animals made along with the human sacrifice that has been made. Dogs have served in the military for a very long time and they are still used in the military today. They've been used to detect explosives, uh, aid in tracking and search and rescue operations. With their loving and loyal nature, dogs also provide companionship to soldiers.
2: And also, horses have played a very big role in war. Of course, there's the Light Brigade on horseback, but they've also been pack animals used to, in war to carry food, ammunition and other supplies. They're also used for transportation of soldiers and a whole lot of other things, along with mules and camels.
1: Pigeons were also used in, in wartime <laughs> at times. Um, presumably not so much these days. No. Uh, originally, they were, used, uh, they were trained to carry messages which is obviously a very important part of warfare, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Vital. But, um, yeah, so that's what they were used for. Some pigeons were even awarded medals.
2: So coming up, uh, you'll hear a lot more about the roles that animals have played in war and the impact that this has had on them and uh, us humans as well. We're going to flashback to April 2015 when Pets Allowed presenters Kevin and Oz caught up with Nigel Alsop from the Australian war Animal Memorial Organisation.
1: Also coming up on this week's edition of Pets Allowed, April is Adopt-A-Greyhound Month. You'll hear from Joyster and greyhound lover Hamish about why these gentle giants make wonderful pets.
2: And there's only one week left of the Lost Dogs Home's 2016 Adoptathon. With so many cats and kittens in need of a second chance, we'll give you some easy suggestions on how you can make a difference.
1: All that, plus our News Wrap, Pets of the Week and Dog Dates, coming up on today's show.
3: The Pets Allowed News Wrap. A look at the News of the Week from the Lost Dogs Home.
2: Now, item number 1 on today's news wrap is our Adoptathon update. The Lost Dogs Home's Adoptathon kicked off on April the 1st. That's no joke, really did. Since then, an incredible 234 cats and kittens have been adopted, which is a fantastic effort. We'd like to say a big thank you to the wonderful families who have who've opened their homes and their hearts to our cats in need. We hope others will follow in your footsteps and help us reach our goal, which is very close now, of 250 cat and kitten adoptions by the end of April.
1: What are we up to now?
2: I think it's, well, it was on Monday, it was 234. So we'd have to be up there to nearly at 250, if not there already, I suspect. So we're 16 cats short is, that's not many on Monday. So yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So thank you. So there's only one week to go uh, if you want to take a part. If you're thinking of getting a cat, now's the time to do it. Um, We're waiving the adoption fee on all adult cats, which are aged six months and older. And we're halving the adoption fee of all cats aged less than six months
1: to $90. This is at our North Melbourne and Campaspe shelters. To receive this offer, you'll need to successfully complete the home's pet licence test, either at the shelter or online at petlicense.com.au. You can view all of the cats and kittens available for adoption at dogshome.com. Not ready to adopt? There are other ways you can help our felines, and we'll be talking about that a little bit later in today's show.
2: News item two is our big love for big dogs. Uh, Regardless of their shape and size, our dogs are filled with unconditional dogs. uh, Unconditional dogs? Unconditional love. But some pooch lovers will argue the bigger dogs are better. The bigger the dog, the bigger the heart. Sure, they eat a little bit more food and they can take up you know, some more of your bed, but big dogs with their sweet and gentle temperaments make great pets. We have a number of large, lovable dogs waiting for their new best friend to walk through the door, the shelter doors. Today we are featuring just three of our big-hearted dogs, but you can buddy up with many others that are waiting for a new home at the Lost Dogs Home.
1: First one we're going to showcase today is Paul. So Paul's one of my favourite dogs at the shelter right now. He's um, a mess. He is. He's beautiful. So Paul's a Mastiff Cross. Um, He's a large and lovable dog and he enjoys nothing more than lounging in the sunshine and long walks with his favourite people. He also enjoys positive reinforcement training and spending time with other dogs. During his time at the home, this two-year-old softie has been working on building his confidence and managing his separation anxiety with the behaviour team. Paul needs an owner who is committed to his ongoing training and socialisation. They'll also need to help this big-hearted dog to settle into his new home. However, with a little patience and care, Paul's new owners will be rewarded with a loyal and loving lifelong companion.
2: Oh, he sounds great. And I love his name,
1: Paul. It's a great name. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, and our next dog is Molly. Um, she's actually been with us quite some time. Um, she's six years old or six and a half years old. Uh, we call her Soulful Molly because she's a big dog with an even bigger heart. Uh, she's a bloodhound cross and she enjoys spending time with those closest to her and that is frolicking in the sunshine with them or playing with her favourite plush toys. She's very friendly and she's quite quiet, but she enjoys her training classes and will thrive with an owner committed to keeping her mentally and and physically active she'll also sit at home um, with other suitably matched dogs to keep her company molly does have moderate hip dysplasia but this can be managed with a good quality diet and low impact exercise
1: and finally we have uh jack handsome and charming (laughs) five-year-old german shirt pointer jack loves people and is looking for a family who's willing to make him a big part of it Jack has had some surgery on an old rib injury, so he's a little bit wary of being handled. Um, While his injury is healing on its own, Jack's new owner will need to watch out to make sure no one accidentally pats him over his sore area while it's healing. He is full of energy, however, um, and Jack will need an owner who is just as active as him to keep him physically and mentally satisfied. Regular exercise is a must, and this personality plus canine will benefit from some structured training to help keep him mentally active. Paul, Molly and Jack are all available for adoption at the Lost Dogs Home's North Melbourne Shelter and you can view their profiles along with other dogs available for adoption at dogshome.com.
0: When was the last time you were out on the water? The Argonauts is Melbourne's inclusive community rowing club. Join us for fun and competition in our men's and women's crews. We're looking for experienced and beginner rowers, coaches and coxswains. To find out more, visit melbourneargonauts.com. Joy 94.9 is proud to
3: support this community message. This week's Pet of the Week...
2: Now, from big dogs to, you know, more medium sized dogs, we're up pet of the week this uh, week is Tilly, and she's six years at old. She's a staffy cross and she's brindle and white. She's very, very cute. She's got a beautiful face. She's described as being sweet and gentle and she's ready to embrace new life. She's very happy and confident young lady which is quite typical of staffy and she just wishes to please you. Again, very much like staffies. Like all our dogs, Tilly would benefit greatly from an adopter who has an active lifestyle and is looking for a companion who enjoys daily walks and runs. Obedience training is highly recommended for this young lady to remind her of her doggy manners and to strengthen her bond with her new family. It is essential that Tilly goes to a home with um, a roomy backyard so, and high-secure fencing to keep her safe and sound as well as having something to do so that she doesn't become too bored. She's a mature or middle-aged lady who loves the company of people and would love to go to a home where she's included in her new family's daily life. Uh, while Tilly doesn't mind the company of other dogs, she would very much enjoy going to a home where she can be a constant loyal companion for somebody. She probably enjoys being the the only dog in the house. <laughs> uh, if you ID number if you're interested in adopting Tilly is 892248 Uh, if you want further information on how to adopt you can look up Tilly on the Dogs Home's website which is dogshome.com but you can also contact our Compassby Shelter. She's up in our Atucha Shelter. Their number is five four eight zero three double zero five. Or you can visit in person at five hundred and twenty Mackenzie Road, Atucha. And why not take a road trip up to Atucha one weekend to meet Tilly or many of the other dogs up there for adoption and cats. Remember, cats are price. If you're looking to adopt from the Lost Dogs Home, we highly recommend you do uh, you visit the website or give us a call before you pop in, just to make sure that the animal that you're interested in is in is still available at that time and isn't going through the adoption process with someone else
1: this monday the 25th of april is anzac day when we will reflect and remember the australians and new zealanders who served and died in war you might not know but many different types of animals have also been involved in war coming up you'll hear from nigel alsop president of the australian war animal memorial organization and he'll talk a bit about these animals and the roles they have played
2: 94.9 This is Pets Aloud, brought to you by the Lost Dogs Home on Joy 94.9. Anzac Day is this Monday, the 25th of April, a time when Australians will remember those who have served and died at war and reflect on the sacrifices they have made for our nation. Conversation and stories of war are often centred on the human experience, but today we're going to take a closer look at the roles that animals have played in war and the impact they've had on them, and and us as humans let's flash back to april last year when pets allow presenters kevin and oz caught up with nigel allsop founder and president of the australian war animal memorial organization to learn more about the animals in war
1: we're just interested in finding out a, a little bit about the animals that have headed off to war particularly world war one how many animals from australia ha- actually went to gallipoli and what type of animals were they and what were the roles that they played over there
3: Okay. Uh, first of all, um, uh, initially, uh, one hundred and thirty-six thousand horses uh, left Australia before World War One, and actually, none of them—they were uh, dispatched originally to Gallipoli, but none of them—none of them were actually landed there. Um, Australia used a lot of animals in Gallipoli. Obviously, we, we all know Simpson and his donkey, but like many of the animals that Australia. Uh, used at Gallipoli itself, most of them were obtained in situ uh, or supplied by other Commonwealth forces. Simpson himself is believed to have obtained his uh, or one of his donkeys from the Indian Mountain Battery. Right, so what happened to the ones that we sent over? Mm. Our horses were uh, returned, they initially, about 6,000 turned up to the island of Limos, ready to be used, and the terrain was uh, found to be such that light horsemen uh, weren't the ideal. There were about half a dozen horses landed, and Anzacs used them as uh, messengers up and down uh, the beachfront. But the most common, uh, those particular horses were then sent back to Egypt, where, strange enough, they were put into uh, remount depots, one of them being commanded by the... uh,
4: famous poet Banjo Panison. So what types of animals then did the diggers uh, use in Gallipoli? Um.
3: In Gallipoli Well we, we've all heard Of Simpson and his donkey mm. uh, Of course And um, they use Lots of donkeys The predominant animal Was a mule And they again Were used to, to Shuttle up supplies To the front lines And there were A few uh, messenger Pigeons That we used In cooperation With British forces And as I said before There were a few Whalers there Just a, a sprinkling uh, Used um, to run up And down the uh, Beaches along With the New Zealanders In the ANZAC uh, Headquarters Now interestingly enough There were a few Also you can see some photographs of the Australian mascot mascot, uh, there which was appeared and of course let's not forget the other side as well the Turkish army in particular relied on a lot of uh, animal transportation uh, and the most common animal they used were were oxen and um, camels and in particular just like Simpson they used donkeys as well.
4: During your research you mentioned that uh, you came across a possible uh, Simpson equivalent uh, for the Turkish side can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, sure. We're sort of looking at putting a war animal
3: park in uh, that location, hopefully next year. And uh, when I was speaking to the Turkish ambassador, he showed me a wonderful picture of basically Simpsons' equivalent. It was a Turkish soldier. Um, again, he had a donkey. He had a wounded Turkish soldier on it. And it's marvellous how, um, you know, in, in this conflict there were two identical people from two different sides, but doing the same uh, compassionate job and, of course, using animals that would have worked for either side, uh, obviously... Uh, the animals are pressed into it and they have no malice. And quite often Australians would, uh, were famous for uh, nicking the enemy's animals and uh, reutilizing them.
4: Now, in terms of uh, we, we see photographs of soldiers, particularly with dogs, and you can see that connection there uh, come come through the photos. What would you say um, the role that dogs had in terms of providing them emotional support?
3: Look, I think uh, apart from the obvious uh, jobs that the uh, dogs do, and, um, you know, the military job, they have a tremendous morale and psychological effect on on troops. Um, I know, having used them overseas myself, they're one of the few things that you can reflect um, on your Homeland, you know most families so i'm sure you 'll agree have a pet dog in Australia or the vast majority, and it gives you that sort of sense of home they they love you unconditionally they um, they know all the soldiers even though a uh, handler has is assigned to a dog, and that one dog has one handler, they soon know who is in their pack, so to speak, and they go a- around sort of scabbing food off everybody and licking faces, mm. just like a normal dog does, and it's a, gr- a great uh, morale boost, not just for the handler, but I think the whole platoon or the whole troop that the dog is associated with.
4: Well, there's one particular story I know that means a lot to you that involves a dog, and we would love to hear more about it. Nigel, we just got a question in from a listener.
3: We're hoping you
1: can help us out, and I think you can. He's just uh, asking, was it true that no horses could actually have been brought back to Australia during this time because of quarantine restrictions?
3: Yeah, look, of all the horses, uh, in fact, it's true for all the animals. Um, the first Australian animal, war animal, didn't actually return to our shores until 1993 from uh, Mogadishu and Somalia. All horses, um, except one called Sandy, which was the mount of Brigadier uh, or General Bridges, I beg your pardon, uh, which he was killed in 1915, came back for a funeral. But uh, indeed, she's correct. Uh, no horses officially returned to Australia. Thank you so much for that
1: uh, question, Colin. That was Nigel Alsop, founder and president of the Australian War Animal Memorial Organization, talking about the involvement of animals in war. Coming up next, we'll hear more from Nigel about the roles animals have played in war, and he'll also tell us the story of renowned war dog Smokey. Joy 94.9 You're tuned into Pets Aloud on Joy 94.9. With Anzac Day taking place this Monday, we wanted to take a closer look at the roles animals have played in war. In April last year, Petzalad presenters Kevin and Oz caught up with Nigel Alsop, founder and president of the Australian War Animal Memorial Organisation, to learn more about the animals used in war. Just before we were talking a bit about a story about a dog, I believe.
3: Sure, it's an interesting uh, sort of for me being a Queenslander too we have a small little um, terrier, silky terrier, a four pound silky terrier is probably one of the least known but one of the perhaps the most famous and unrecognised war dogs that we have in Australia She was a little uh, a terrier that was born in, in Queen Street in um, Brisbane and she basically uh, was picked up and uh, sent by a, an Australian soldier to Kokoda and she was a present for his fiance. But things didn't work out and uh, it ended up being bartered and and found alone and and wet in a ditch where a guy called Bill Wayne, an American soldier who was attached to General McCarthy's flight, picked it up. And so Smokey came back and forwards to Australia many, many times. Wherever General McCarthy flew, this little mascot dog... Uh, ex-Australian uh, was always uh, with Bill and um, we didn't know in those days the great effects of what we now know as post-traumatic stress disorder. A lot of people misdiagnosed it, it was called st- you know, perhaps even shell shock or cowardice in some cases. She is a registered, the world's registered first post-traumatic stress syndrome dog. She was used by Bill at Brisbane Hospital to run up and down the wards between 43 and 45, helping the soldiers' morale. But perhaps uh, another interesting story about her is um, Bill had her in the uh, Philippines, on the island of Luzon, and um, a U.S. Marine detachment platoon was heavily pinned down by Japanese snipers. They were all veterans, but they, you could see they were down in the dumps. Bill let the dog go, and uh, Smokey trotted and uh, skipped along the road where they were being pinned down. Chasing a whole lot of butterflies that were in the area It was just Mm. enough to break the concentration Or the fear of the soldiers And they were able to regain their courage And continue their mission And a little shortly after that Smokey was used again on the same island Again soldiers were being pinned down From taking a telephone wire across the runway And thus far four soldiers had been killed It was a little culvert about four inches round And uh, 70 metres long So they tied this telephone cable around Smokey This little four pound terrier threw her down the the hole, and she scrambled all by herself. Remember, she's an untrained little terrier. She scrambled the 70 metres underground in the dark and the cold and imagine all the war going on above her until she got to the phone line to the other side where... They connected it, and they were then able to seek communication by the Air Force, which strafed the, um, the enemy, and therefore no more soldiers were killed. And for that, she was awarded the British Bravery Award. Hmm. Unfortunately, here in Australia, I tried to get her mentioned as the uh, in dispatches, so to speak, for the Purple Cross, but the RSPCA sadly denied uh, her status.
4: In terms of where we've come over the years in terms of animal welfare, we know that there's been significant uh, improvements uh, and that possibly, even though it's, a, it's an interesting story, would certainly uh, not happen today. And, um, yeah, we were interested in getting someone from the ADF on the program today to talk about what they currently do, uh, but we'll have to doggy that, for, that uh, for another program. What I do want to ask you, you have spent a lot of time looking into the history of animals in war. Why do you think it's important to remember and acknowledge these animals?
3: Yeah, I think it's very important. The first thing, we're never... trying to belittle the deeds and sacrifices of our two-legged diggers. But I think it's important for people who know that um, our four-legged diggers also serve too. Over 8 million animals were killed during World War One, and this being the centenary. And uh, as your one caller recognised, that every animal that we've sent overseas to aid our soldiers, uh, none have ever, were ever returned until uh, recent times. And um, they don't have a voice of their own. And I think it's very important for us to put a, a monument uh, or some form of recognition up for them to basically um acknowledged their deeds and the ultimate sacrifices of so many. Bear in mind, they had no choice. They weren't volunteers, and they did what they did with no malice, and they rescued their very presence, either aided morale or rode soldiers into battle, took supplies to battle. You basically could not have fought a war in World War One without an animal. That's a fact.
2: That was Nigel Alsop, founder and president of Australian war Mo- Animal Memorial Organisation, talking about the involvement of of animals in war. That's quite a remarkable interview. If you'd like to learn more about the organisation or do some further reading about animals in war, you can visit awamo.org.au. Coming up next, April is uh, adopt greyhound Month, so we've brought in a special guest to tell you all about these magnificent dogs and why they could make the perfect pet for you. This is Pets Allowed on Joy 94.9.
4: At Joy 94.9, there are approximately 300 volunteers bringing you over 75 shows, 24 hours per day, 7 days a week. That's a lot of facts and figures to take in, but here's one more number for you to think about. 1-300-569-949. That's the number to call to talk to the Joy sales team about becoming a Joy sponsor. One phone call can get your business on air and online, reaching thousands of Joy listeners at a price you can afford. 1-300-JOY-949. That's 1-300-569-949.
1: You're tuned in to Pats Aloud on Joy 94.9. Greyhounds are a loving and often misunderstood breed They may be well known for their ability to run But they'd much prefer to take on the roles of family companion and catch potato Greyhounds often retire from their racing careers quite young And some never even run a race in their life As a result, there are lots of loving greyhounds in need of a second chance and a new home April is Adopt-A-Greyhound Month, the perfect opportunity to showcase why these friendly, docile pooches make such wonderful pets.
2: We are joined in the studio by a special guest who knows all about these beautiful creatures and has experienced firsthand their love. We'd like to welcome back to Pets Aloud our fellow joyster and greyhound lover, Hamish. Welcome back, Hamish.
0: Hey guys, how are you going? Hey, Hamish, good. Good to
2: have you. Now, you're incredibly passionate about greyhounds. Where did this passion all stem from?
0: Um, I guess like most people I kind of stumbled across it Um, We were looking for a dog to adopt And we went through the usual process of finding out which breed was suitable for us And we came across the greyhound through a friend And looked at all the attributes of what makes a greyhound a great pet And that just ticked every box for us, you know And then after we adopted we started learning about, you know, the industry And how many dogs there are and so forth And and that brought us into the fostering and and helping rescue dogs as well
2: Mm, Sounds great
0: Hamish, can you tell us about your involvement in greyhound rescue and fostering? Well, I'm part of an organisation called Friends of the Hound, which is based in Queensland and New South Wales. But there are amazing independent rescue groups throughout the whole of Australia that do the same thing. Uh, So we get calls from trainers or um, some vet clinics who might have greyhounds brought into them. And they bring in greyhounds who uh, are no longer needed by the industry. So they call it wastage. And um, they call a group like ours and they surrender the dog and then we have a process of bringing them in, um, customising them to home life because they've actually never been inside a home, don't know wooden floorboards, don't know what a mirror is, don't know what a vacuum cleaner is. Yeah. So we go through a process of bringing them into the home, making them suitable for pets and measuring their temperament to match them to a good home for them.
2: Now, you're obviously the proud owner of a very gorgeous greyhound, uh, and that's Bob. Um, Can you tell us a bit about him and uh, what makes him so special?
0: Yeah, Bob um, is amazing. He's um, about eight and a half now, and he's... Probably not a, a really typical greyhound. Like yeah. he's, he's, he's very independent in a lot of ways. Like he'll like he'll follow us from room to room, but he's he's still pretty independent like that. Yeah. But um, greyhounds traditionally are more, um, you know, they want cuddles, they want to be with you, they follow you everywhere, they want to sit next to you on the couch and so <laughs> forth. But so Bob's a little bit different like that. But mm. you know, in terms of being a pet, he's um he's very quiet. He very rarely barks. If he barks, we know something's unusually happened, or he wants you know a walk really desperately. You know, he he sleeps maybe 20 hours a day like literally all day (laughs) (laughs) and um you know except for maybe a 20 minute walk so they're very low maintenance dogs and bob's you know typical of that
3: Mm.
0: i know you've just touched on this um considering talking about how much he sleeps and things (laughs) um, why do you why do you think greyhounds make such good pets um, for the reasons I mentioned um, before, and also they're just incredibly um, gentle dogs. Like they're great around kids. Um, a lot are actually cat friendly and chicken friendly even. So you know, as part of the process, we test them to see if they're good around you know other animals. And you know, if so, if you have cats, you can still get a greyhound. They're not totally ruled out. In fact, we live next door to people that have bunnies. So you know, oh, they, yeah, 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 yeah. So they can live alongside other animals. Yeah. yeah, but I think the main message is that they're really low maintenance. They're really easy going and they're just adorable.
2: I like the the 20 hours a day sleeping. That sounds good compared to mine that want to go for a walk every minute of the day.
0: That's
2: right. So if if anyone's sort of listening to this and thinking about getting a, a greyhound, what should they do? What would you advise the next steps to be?
0: Um, Well, obviously, um, if you're not sure if you're wanting to adopt yet, fostering is a really great way of um, Uh, testing the water. And um, probably 90% of people will fail and actually go through and adopt (laughs) them. Um, But as I said before, there are loads of um, independent uh, organisations that rehome greyhounds in Australia. And um, there's a website called adoptagreyhound.com.au or if you just search for Adopt a Greyhound Month, that'll come up top in the results there. And it has links to all of the groups throughout Australia, that rehome greyhounds so you'll you'll find all the resources there and links to people and to all the organizations
2: great i advise everyone to go and take a look on Definitely. hamish hamish thank you so much for joining us today to chat about greyhounds and uh, why they make such lovely companions no
0: worries thank you very much for having me thank you thanks and if you'd like
1: to learn more about friends of the hound and their work in giving greyhounds a second chance you can visit their website at friendsofthehound.org.au. If a greyhound sounds like the perfect dog for you, please check in with animal shelters and rescue groups as there are many greyhounds out there in need of a loving home. It's important to be aware that under the Domestic Animals Act 1994, greyhounds do need to wear a muzzle and be leashed when out in public unless they undergo a green collar assessment through the greyhound adoption program. You can learn more about the green collar assessment process by visiting gap.grv.org.au.
2: Over the past month, lots of cats and kittens from the Lost Dogs Home have purred their way into new homes during our Adopt-a-thon. With only one week to go, we still need your help to reach out goal of 250 adoptions by April 30, not long now. Coming up, you'll hear how you can make a difference to cats and kittens in need and learn about some of the, our feline adoption candidates. Joy 94.9
1: This is Pets Allowed on Joy 94.9. Already we've almost reached the end of April, which means the Lost Dogs Home's 2016 adopt a is also about to end. Throughout the month, we've been working hard to achieve our goals of 250 cats and kittens adopted by April 30. To help our fabulous felines find new homes, we've waived the adoption fee of adult cats aged six months and over, and have also halved the adoption fee of kittens aged less than six months. All cats and kittens adopted from the home are health-checked, desexed, microchipped, vaccinated and wormed, which costs more than $300 for each cat.
2: To receive this offer, you will need to successfully complete the home's pet licence test. You can do this online at petlicence.com.au or you can come into the shelter and do it there as well. Adopt-a-thon is running at our North Melbourne and Campaspe shelters and there's only one week to go. There are a few ways you can get involved and make a difference to cats and kittens in need.
1: Well, the first and probably most obvious is to adopt. If you're ready for the lifetime commitment of pet ownership, consider opening your home and heart to one of our adoptable cats or kittens you'll be giving them the greatest gift of all, a loving forever home. Cats are well suited to so many types of families and homes. Work full time, no big house, no backyard, no worries. Many cats are happy to spend their days lounging around and playing inside. They're perfectly suited to an apartment or unit setting, and it's not a problem if you work and aren't home all the time. As long as your feline receives the care they need and has some quality time with you every day, this will help keep them happy and healthy. Our North Melbourne and Camp shelters are bursting at the seams with felines in need of new homes. With so many personality types, there is sure to be a cat or kitten who is perfect for you. All of our adoptable felines have profiles online at dogshome.com, but stay tuned because in a moment we're going to introduce you to some of them.
2: The other thing you can do is foster, and it's a good way if you're not really sure that you're ready to care for a long-term pet. Fostering a cat or a kitten could be a really great alternative to really make sure that you're ready. Uh, by becoming a foster carer, you'll be opening your home and your heart to a cat or kitten in temporary need, uh, and making a real difference to their lives and giving them an opportunity to have you know some time out of the shelter environment, which can be really good for um, them recovering from surgery or putting on weight. Um, they may be too young for adoption, also, and sometimes. They just need that extra TLC before they're ready for adoption as well as helping the individual animal you'll be also helping create much needed space in our shelter foster care can last anywhere from two days to four weeks all expenses are covered by the home and you'll be contacted within two weeks of applying for more information you can visit dogshome.com and go to our foster page
1: and finally if you're not in a position to adopt or to foster you can always advocate so if you're not able to help in other ways you can still simply help by spreading the word by telling your family and friends about the Adopt-A-Thon. You can even choose one or more of our adoption candidates and share their profile on your social media pages. From adventurous
2: go-getters to the chilled-out couch potato, potato Potatoes? Potatoes. Potato, potato. <laughs> that's right, that's a song. Our adoptable cats and kittens are full of personality and they're ready to purr their way into your home and your heart. And now we're going to introduce you to some of these amazing cats. The first one is the lovely Petal petal by name and petal by nature Uh, she is a one-year-old domestic medium hair so she's got sort of in between hair length she's tortoiseshell and she's white and she's very gorgeous she's a lovely cat seeking home where she can come out of her shell she might be a bit shy to begin with and unsure when she gets into a new home but she has a playful nature which will flourish once she settles in petal loves being doted on and will return the favor of lots of purrs and infection and headbutts I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: next up is Cassidy. Um, Cassidy is one year and ten months so he's quite a young cat. He's a domestic short hair cross and he's black and white. Uh, unlike uh, Petal he's located at our Camp Aspie shelter up north. Cassidy was very shy when we first met him. Um, with some TLC he's come out of his shell but he still is a little bit overwhelmed with new surroundings and people. Uh, once he settles in, gets to know you, Cassidy's affectionate nature will definitely come out and shine.
2: And our next cat is Denise. Uh, Denise Denise, a nice blondie song. Um, she's three years old, so she's a little bit older. Uh, she's at our North Melbourne shelter and she's grey and white. She's what we call a domestic short hair. She's um, got lovely markings. She also can be a little bit shy on the fir- on the the first to meet but she'll soon warm up to you she loves pats and scratches she's best suited to a home uh, probably without young kids as she can be overwhelmed by sudden and loud movement Uh, she will need to be an indoor cat to protect her light features she's got uh, a a pink nose which will be affected by the sun
1: and finally we have cindy so cindy is um, from camp So she's up at our Campaspe shelter. She's a year, one year and four months and she's a domestic short.
2: So if you would like to learn more about Petal, Cassidy, Denise or Cindy, you can find their profiles at dogshome.com along with profiles of all the other adoptable pets that we have in looking for a new home. So if you're looking to adopt from the Lost Dogs Home, we highly recommend you do visit the website first or give us a call before you pop in just to make sure that the animal that you're interested in is still available at the time and isn't already going through or gone through the adoption process with another family
1: remember the adoptathon runs until april the 30th so there will be no fee to adopt an adult cat aged six months or over from the lost dog's home and you will pay only half the fee to adopt a kitten less than six months of age We've almost reached the end of yet another show, but before we go, we're going to fill you in on the pet-friendly and animal-themed events coming up in your area. That's up next in Dog Dates. You're tuned into Pets Aloud on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9.
2: This is Dog Dates, your pet's community calendar. Our first date today is the Dog Lovers Show, which is on Friday the April 29th to May the 1st, so next weekend. Uh, That's at the Royal Exhibition Buildings at 9 Nicholson Street Carlton. The Dog Lovers Show is about celebrating our canine companions with lots of entertainment, education and information on offer. It's a fun day out for any dog lover or dog owner with more than 200 exhibits uh, that we plenty to see and do. You can buy tickets online or at the event, but purchasing online is recommended to avoid disappointment. Please note you can't take your pet along to this event. For more information and to buy tickets, visit doglovershow.com.au
1: And the second date is the Greyhound Adoption Program Adoption Day. So that's on Sunday May the 1st from 11am to 3pm that's next weekend. Um, It's at the Meadows Track, uh, 18 Northcote Boulevard, Broad Meadows the Greyhound Adoption Program is holding this Adoptions Day where you'll be able to meet some greyhounds in need of loving new homes. As Hamish explained earlier in our interview, greyhounds really do make some wonderful family companions. So if you are looking to adopt a dog, head along to GAP's Adoption Day and you could potentially meet your perfect match. You do need to register to go along to this event. So for any extra information on how to register and learn more about the event, you can visit gap.grv.org.au.
2: And that's the end of the show. It's been great talking to you today. Just a reminder, our pet of the week is Tilly. She's six years old. She's a Staffy Cross. She's Brindle and White. Yes, she's at our North Melbourne shelter. Her ID number is 892248.
1: Coming up next, we've got Aaron bringing you the latest in indie and alternative hits with Sass.
2: And if you missed the show today, don't worry. You can go to our podcast via our profile page at joy.org.au backslash allowed.
1: Thanks very much for listening again and don't forget to walk your dog
2: and pet your cat.
1: This is Pets Allowed on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9.
4: Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.